With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, and welcome to tonight at the Night Hall. I'm excited to be back. I've not done a show in about a couple of weeks uh, because it's been the summer. And uh, I had the kids for the summer, so it's just very, very hectic, very noisy. I uh, wasn't able to do a show. And so those who have uh, came on the show and didn't see me, uh, they're here. Just that, you know, I guess it, it was a, uh, an unintentional vacation for me. Okay? But I am back. And, uh, you know, it's good to be back. Good to be back. So. And the nice call. Uh, documentary called The Warm with the Blow Swamp, brave new film, uh, starring David Snowden and David Clark. And uh, this documentary uh, was a very, very important one. It gives, cause it gives you the insight of how whistleblowers are treated, it talks about some of the tactics uh, that were used against whistleblowers. And a lot of those tactics are the same kind of tactics you use against uh, targeted individuals, okay? And so uh, you listen to this documentary, you will see, uh, and now I'll post the, the link for it in the chat room so you can watch it Sorry. But you will see in here uh, some of the things that these uh, whistleblowers both through, okay? Excuse me for a minute there. Again, you know, interruption as usual. Uh, anyway, so I think within this documentary, uh, let's talk about a lot of stuff that targets uh, that these people go through that targets also people. Okay? And, uh, so let me uh, start the video. It's called Warm with the Door. Some new films from great uh, new uh, films, documentary on with the board. And I'm going to post the link into the chat. Where in the world we want to live? And the only way we can make those decisions is if we know what. And that can't happen without free press. And that can't happen without people willing to stand up and speak the truth. Even when that's a very dangerous thing to do. Whistleblowers are pioneers of change. Daniel Ellsberg, the source of the Pentagon. I began copying the Pentagon papers, shipping to the American Congress, shutting the American public. I came to realize that the war for war was going on and would continue to go on. On that stage, I was going to be. 
My name is Edward Starr. I'm from Chicago. My company is called BMF Media Group. His testimony was a key for the eventual two hundred forty six billion dollar settlement in five tobacco companies. Jeffrey Wygant brought down big tobacco. Former Enron employee Jack Watkins, better known as the Enron changed the NYPD forever. He revealed the multi million dollar corruption. Karen Silkwood took on one of the biggest companies in America, crusading against America's nuclear power industry. And the phone's appear. She continues to collect the documents. directly with the agents 
agency that's supposed to be providing the support. No luck there. Then working with systems command. The systems command depended on other parts. No luck there. And so I was determined to bring this to the attention of the Secretary of Defense. But when the officials saw the brief that I was going to present, they said, absolutely not. That cannot be allowed to When they get to the end of that chain of command and it becomes more important that nobody gets embarrassed, that some people eventually decide, you know what, I'm going to do the outside stuff. I contacted Sharon Weinberg, a law called Danger Rule. She was a champion for fighting against the Pentagon bureaucracy that was, that was slowing things down. Military in and the military people supposed to be in charge. Tell the industry, you know, but what happens is the bureaucracy has its own interest. We had documents backing it up, and so we, we went ahead and published it. Publishers, the actual documents on danger very, very helpful. That got the attention of Senator Biden. They asked whether I would like to see what they say. I said yes. I got a call from Tom Vanderbrook, I believe, the very next day. And as soon as I found out about crimes, I thought, oh, my God, I've got a real live whistleblower who knows what's going on. provided unclassified information, which was key to understanding. I thought immediately we were embarking on a bigger project to find out why these vehicles hadn't been given in the first place. And immediately he took and ran with it. He understood and was fortunately able to do bring this to front page article. You have to be genuinely important. John, you hear about decisions that are made Now, a new Pentagon study. Are our troops getting what they need when they need it? Is the U.S. military shortchanging its troops? According to Franz Guile, the Marine bureaucracy has continued to under-equip our troops for years. I contend that officials knowingly delayed or refused the provision of urgently requested capabilities like MRAP. Carl said hundreds of troops have been killed. Maybe. I'm not going to tell you what's going The only way to find that out is to couldn't allow something like this to happen again. Of course, I'll tell now it's in the press, and now the comment is getting asked about it during Senate Armed Services Committee. Does the administration have a plan to replace each of those Humvees in Iraq with some variation of an MRAP? We don't have an answer right now on how long term I think the uh, MRAP is going to be. Two, three days after, actually, my story in run on MRAP. I was taken aside by a senior defense official who told me that my access was going to dry up for writing stories. It wasn't going to change the way I reported, but um, I thought it was interesting that you know someone at his level would take the time to um, make that threat. So we're using all these personnel actions against me. I'm the substandard employee, bottom three percent, unreliable, untrustworthy, uh, et cetera, et cetera. After investigations and after all these. Re- these, these personnel actions and reprisals, I was placed on administrative leave. MRAP was starting to get media attention, but the guy who makes it happen, Franz Geil, is losing his security clearance 
and he's getting pounded on in his own job. I was fearful. If I, if I have to leave the government now and I don't have security clearances, we have to move away. I can't get a job without you. I can't do anything without security clearance around DC area. I knew that life was going to go boom, fall off a cliff. With this thing that's going through in his head and work and family and my children, all this chaos thing, we, we, we went through with this. I mean, like, tough time, you know, but we had each other. Gates saw the stuff the whistleblower was pushing out there. Everything changed. Secretary of Defense Gates, first thing he did is establish what was called the MRAP task force. It was like the MRAP to provide the best protection available against roadside bombs. So the need for these kinds of vehicles will not soon go away. The MRAP started going out there and asked. This is the largest acquisition program for the Department of Defense since World War II. complex 
I'm not some left-wing guy who has grabbed onto that concept. You know, I'm, I would consider myself a conservative, patriotic uh, uh, American, but it's real. And there are so many conflicts of interest. This is the beast that we have in industrialized society. This problem is real. They're like knights in space. In the future. But it's a long time ago. You got the best Jedi in the whole universe. Guess what? Started out as a farm boy. Really? It's all around us. It lines us together. Guys are action. How can you do yoga? And why isn't the princess just let the boys rescue her? Because modern and powered women are captured by the antiquated skin heroes from a bygone era. The government that construct systems of surveillance that watch everything we do, and they allow them at any point to turn the key and say, I want to know everything this person did for the last five years. Already captured, it's already collected, it's ready for the taking. The more powerful the national security state becomes, the more we need whistleblowers. It is all in the classified realm. What we discovered as a result of our research is that there are over 1,200 government organizations working at the top secret level on counterterrorism. There are another close to 2,000 companies that work for the government on top secret matters. And they're all located in about 10,000 locations throughout the country. There are close to a million people who have top secret clearance. We talk about a national security state uh, that pretends that it's interested in national security, but in fact it's interested in the security of corporate interests, of agency interests, of politicians keeping their jobs. It is, as one uh, source said, a self-looking ice cream dog. It's there to support itself. The national security state is an establishment that involves huge expenditures whose effectiveness and efficiency are questionable. Secrecy is always a linchpin of abuses of power. If you can't exercise your power in the dark, people have sufficient power to hold you accountable. Unfortunately, right now, we can back down on whistleblowers. Whistleblowers are under attack in ways they've never been before. I was interviewed by one of the journalists in advance of going public and asked me, you know, what I thought was going to happen. That they're going to use legal processes, they would condemn me in the media, you know, they would go after my reputation, they would try to make sure I can't keep a job, they would freeze my assets, they would harass my family, the, the things that's happened to everybody. But we went much, much further. Our administration has been extremely um, aggressive in trying to root out whistleblowers within the government. I think President Obama feels this way because he's grown very close to the CIA and to the classified military operators. Both of those are in the deepest of the secret world. They actually brought down the presidential plane of Bolivia, Evo Morales to search it because they thought I might be on board uh, traveling to Latin America to pursue asylum claims. Um, and there's no precedent for that. It, it never happened before. Uh, this administration in 
aggressiveness in the national security arena has had an extraordinary chilling uh, effect. The number of people who have indicated to us they wish they could talk, but they can't because they're so afraid of what can happen to them. It's a terrible thing for a my name's uh, Thomas Ray. I've been here four times. My government career is to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies born in I joined NSA as a senior executive, primarily responsible for electronic foreign intelligence. 9-11 was my first day in the death after in dramatic moment, particularly the second part of the kit, and I remember standing up saying America was under attack. All went out to all the intelligence agencies Whatever you have in the lab, you need to put it in the fight. I was literally charged to be the leader at NSA to go out and find all of these programs. It's still burning the vast reason data to generate by the signaling of the United States and provide the intelligence company to generate while protecting the rest of America, who is the prime directive and say you do not spy on And then as I discovered to my horror, the government was conducting blanket electronic surveillance no control, no accountability. And no oversight. NSA would have extraordinary penetration of U.S. citizenry in terms of spying and surveillance. I was so concerned because I remember telling my media supervisor, What are we doing? It was the most chilling of conversations I had probably had. The theory is telling me, All been approved. Um, don't worry about it. Don't ask any more questions. My name is Michael Newport. I was the lead system engineer to um, the Deepwater Program. The federal government is spending billions of dollars to improve the fleet of the U.S. Coast Guard. A massive modernization program called Deepwater. This is the largest acquisition program in the Coast Guard's history. 91 new ships and 124 smaller boats. The $24 billion project. The Deepwater System Program will provide our nation with a 21st century Coast Guard. But the program has serious problems. And it ended up way over its head. One day, somebody came to me and they said, I'm going to tell you something. Just for my country. The radios that they were putting on the smaller boats that were exposed uh, were not waterproof. Some of the systems mounted on the outside of the boat wouldn't survive uh, harsh elements or harsh weather. The radios would have failed if they even got a little bit wet. And you need a radio to communicate, right? The backup for that radio not being on that small boat is flare. If you could screw something up in that area, you pretty much open game for anything else. Some of the things I found on my own, some of it was brought to me. There's a point at which the boats were not designed properly with their whole extensions and they buckled. They were all bending. And if you can imagine them going out in very high speed, the boats would have just fell apart. It just um, snowballed. So if you make a design error, but you do not correct it, you do not tell somebody about it, you do not, and you misrepresent that design problem, and you say everything's fine, now you've just crossed to the point of making mistakes to 
didn't want any loss of life, right? So that that was my thing. I, I didn't want any loss of life. My for the people doing the rescuing, but also average citizens, right? I mean, Coast Guard rescues people who are in trouble from fishing outings or storms or whatever. I wanted to make sure that if something bad happens to one of these boats or somebody in the general public or whatever, that uh, I didn't want that on my conscience. Like most people, maybe they tell their boss and then they drop it. That, that wasn't good enough. Thomas Stamp. I'm a, currently an attorney uh, doing criminal defense litigation. I was hired as an attorney at the Department of Justice and wound up at what was then called the Office of Intelligence Policy and Review. And after 9-11, uh, my unit was uh, assigned to go talk to the victims' families of 9-11 in New York. And uh, so we were gathering uh, victim impact information and it was actually really largely as a result of that that I decided that I wanted to do something more directly going after terrorists. I mean, I thought it was kind of my patriotic duty to go after the people that had attacked my country. And I thought it would be really rewarding. There's a court at the time located in the Department of Justice that literally meets in a bank vault, uh, so there can't be any uh, surreptitious listening of what to what's going on in there. And we applied for. Uh, through the court to listen to people's tongues, essentially. Let's say someone was picked up by our troops in Afghanistan or the CIA in Afghanistan, and they had phone numbers in their pockets, and those phone numbers were listed to people in the United States. So with that information uh, that the person's picked up in Afghanistan, we would go before court and say, here's why we think this person may be connected with uh, terrorism. And if the court said, yes, we believe there's a probable cause, they would issue a warrant. We would be able to listen. The government would be able to gather intelligence, gather surveillance, email addresses, telephones, and um, we could do that for 90 days. So we were working with FBI agents who had developed probable cause to believe someone in the country was connected with terrorist organizations. But there was a certain smaller number of phone numbers that would come into this office that had to be handled separately and, and kind of given special attention. We didn't call it any special uh, code word or name. It was just known as a program. I just found that really curious, and I started asking people that I worked with if they knew any of the details about the program. You know, do you know why uh, one phone number is in the program and one phone number is not in the program? Basically, I uh, was convinced that something illegal was going on. So I asked the supervisor, and she said to me, she just assumed that what was being done was illegal. I knew that if I remained silent, fall is in the air at Lowe's. Time to get your home ready with big Labor Day savings, like 10% off in-stock deck boards and fence panels. Plus, get 10% off in-stock charbroil gas grill, 249 or more. So hurry in today for fall's best deals at Lowe's. That I would be an accessory to a crime, the subversion of our own constitution, and warrantless fines of it. People work within this system. I went to the Office of General Counsel. Worked their chain of command. I went to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. They expect that 
someone is going to see the light along the way. So I went to the Senate Secretary on Intelligence, and I went to the Department of Defense Inspector General's office. I was being told it's all legal. So I spent some time trying to demonstrate to them that these uh, radios need to be switched out and the holes were not safe. I utilized the process the way it was supposed to be used and notified everybody all the way up through to the CEO and the board of directors. The president that I was trying to deal with at the time, his name is Fred McSally, right, who not only had deep order but also the Aegis weapon system program, and uh, he refused to talk. He did everything the way he should be doing it. He goes to the top people of his company and says, these are major problems. We need to do something about it. And they did not want to hear it. I'm running out of options. But my whole thought was, I'm, I'm going to try everything I think I can try. And then my conscience will be clear. That whole do is to others as you would wish to have done yourself. I, I actually believe in that. So uh, relative to my kids, if I say don't lie or don't, you know, don't screw anybody over, the times when that matters most is when you'd most like to or try to justify you're doing so. I thought, I, I have a responsibility to go on with this. So uh, it's just, I kind of didn't even think twice about it. There were uh, wiretaps, electronic surveillance conducted without getting search warrants, without getting a legal piece of paper that said that you could do that. We took a separate track that kind of circumvent the normal process circumvent the court, and I said, really, but aren't we supposed to, you know, that's why we're here, is to do things that are legal, to do it the right way, catch bad people, and we think that we are doing something illegal. It's a federal crime. It's in the statute. There's no really, no arguments, no questions about it. It's a federal crime to listen to somebody's phone without getting a warrant. I came to the decision that I thought that the American people should know and let the American people decide whether they thought it was uh, that the government was doing what they considered uh, legal or, or not. You see, governments are increasingly starting to shut us out. They're starting to change the processes by which they govern. And they say, hey, you know, these are really important things, but you just have to trust that we are making the right decisions about how this power should be used. And particularly in America, that's a fundamentally un-American concept. This is supposed to be government of the people, by the people, for the people. But how do we make decisions about how we want to vote? How do we make decisions about what kind of government we would like if we don't know what those governments are doing? Go to the press. So I shared what was unclassified anonymously about the government warning. We're not just a reporter. Her name is Shabazz. I knew that I could be fired, but again, as an American, I made that choice. It was a May 2006 article about warrantless surveillance of America. That really, no doubt, caused real a real story. I had just recently read an article about the Justice Department written by a reporter for the New York Times and recognized that he seemed to have a pretty good handle on what was going on in the 
Department of Justice and thought that if I make a phone call, I don't want to use my cell phone. I don't want to use my phone at home because they potentially uh, find records of that. And I would go by on the subway every day using kind of old-fashioned pay phones. I thought about various investigative reporters that I was trying to contact. I remember picking up the cradle of the phone and calling the reporter by the there as well. Set the phone down. I knew I was here to have my side of the Pretty confident that my life would never be quite the same. There are people who want to speak up and usually tell you about something that they think is really wrong. And sometimes they're willing to risk their jobs to do that. But if they do act on it, they're going to be risking everything. We call we nickname whistleblowing the sound of professional suicide. It's almost always bad for them. It's almost, they're the ones who are putting their careers on the line. I met him at a bookstore, so I was nowhere connected to the Department of Justice. And we had a cup of coffee, and I told him that I worked at the Department of Justice, and I might have some information that he might find useful, interesting, newsworthy. I expressed expressed to the New York Times reporter that I didn't want to actually turn over what I consider would be classified information, so I would information about this separate track of uh, cases and the fact that people thought it was illegal in the office where I worked. Initially met with Eric Richwell numerous times, uh, felt I could trust them, and then he brought in another reporter, James Risen, who I was informed had sources from other agencies, presumably the NSA and the CIA. He assured me that the New York Times would protect sources, that they would never reveal my identity. And so that's kind of how it began. I don't really have, uh, like thinking about that, that period of time in my life all that much because it really was stressful and it, it was something that I didn't think I could talk to anybody about. Uh, and I didn't want to involve uh, my family uh, because they would be worried. The Bush administration is fighting mad at the New York Times, but I believe it was November or December of 2005. The New York Times ran a front page story that there was a warrantless wiretapping program. And when they first came out, I was, I think I was undoubtedly trembling as I was uh, uh, looking at it uh, to read the story very carefully and see whether there was any way that somebody could read that story and figure out uh, who uh, had revealed this information. My first reaction was, was that, oh my God, <laughs> what have I done? President Bush is breaking the law by spying on people in this country. He's robbing our Americans without court order. The government is listening into your private conversation. Secret wiretapping without warrants of communications between U.S. presidents and people overseas. Without a warrant, wiretapping is unreasonable and unconstitutional. They've been lying to us about the since it started. When he's been telling us there's nothing illegal about what he's doing. They can wiretap you. They can snoop on you. They can break the into your house. They only listen to Americans if it involves al-Qaeda. These two say... Allowing for the warrantless wiretapping of Americans. President Bush is breaking the law. Some of the press, in particular the New York Times, have made the job of defending against further terrorist attacks more difficult. We're at war with a bunch of people who want to hurt the United States of America. And for people to leak that program and for a newspaper to publish it does great harm to the United States of America. They said all these publishers, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Guardian, will have blood on their hands from publishing these stories. But when we look at them, we see that these threats, these statements from the government, 
about what we, the public, simply cannot be trusted to know because this is knowledge that's just too dangerous is actually not true. Give us one example where this has caused harm. Show us anybody who's died as a result of this because you told us if any of these documents were ever made public, it would cause grave damage to the country. You notice there's a high correlation between how secret news is and how bad it is for the people. They don't trust us to know these things because it's embarrassing, because it could affect them politically. But it doesn't actually increase the threat to us, to the public, to our society. And it's for that reason that we need to look very carefully and very critically at the claims any official puts forward about how dangerous this sort of thing is. They're like knights in space in the future. But it's a long time ago. You got the best Jedi in the whole universe. Guess what? Started out as a farm boy. Really? It's all around us. It binds us together. Guys are actually. How can we do yoga? And why doesn't the princess just bust the boys right here? Because modern and powered women are captured by the antiquated skin girls from the bygone era. Yeah. Han Solo. He's a good looking bad boy. Like your butt. Jedi. They're just wise old men who like to be comfortable. So, they wear robes. This is what you can be with you. Red leader standing by. A true master. Get over two feet tall. A lesson in this there is. The best place in the galaxy for everything Star Wars. Walmart. I was in my car in the parking lot, and I remember thinking, okay, I gotta do something else. I, I tried to think of something that I thought was catchy, so I thought I would do a YouTube video. All they were using it for at the time was, you know, goofy pet tricks. Nobody ever used YouTube for as a whistleblower, right? And that was the angle I was trying to go for. So I wrote a script, and I had one of the cheap computer cameras, and I read it one time, and it seemed okay, and then I, I, I the second one was with Kate. Before I began, I want to tell you that making videos like this is not something I do as a professional. So I broke all the rules of as a professional. What I thought was, and that, that's a point because it, 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 to some degree I was, you know, I was running out of ideas. The purpose of this video is to ask for your assistance in helping me resolve several serious safety and security issues. But then after that, I had a, a, a listing of dozens and dozens of reporters in both print media, and I told them that I posted this. I was a reporter covering Homeland Security, and while doing research on the Deepwater Project, Michael McCord told me really explosive information. I took his tips, and then I used that to report. I talked to the companies involved, and I was able to basically confirm individual allegations. Then I thought, it's all Because it's all momentum. Find the most unusual videos on YouTube.com. A board of them has raised questions about a potential homeland security problem. 
Now his story has gotten more public attention in just a few weeks than in all the months he spent rattling the caves for traditional means. The Coast Guard's own expert warned radio station open boats shorted out because they weren't waterproof and a serious design flaw that could lead to catastrophic all collapse. It takes a lot of guts to do what Michael DeCourt did, to blow the whistle on the largest defense contractor in the world. When I brought this information to Lockheed Management, they directed me and my team Stop looking into whether or not the rest of the equipment met requirements. You have provided enormous service to the public, to the committee, and I think in the long run to the Coast Guard. I've never sitting at lunch with people and saying, you know, this could get on 60 minutes. The $24 billion project has turned into a fiasco that has set new standards for incompetence and triggered a Justice Department investigation. Michael DeCourt was Lockheed Martin's lead engineer for electronics on the patrol boats. We actually ordered radios for very, the very small boats that go on the 123s that were not waterproof. That is hard to believe. Yes, sir. I'm getting ready for work. I'm looking out my bedroom window, and I see a bunch of cars pull up. Dozen people just streaming across my phone. Thomas Drake accused of leaking classified information. You can imagine in that moment. It comes from agents raiding his home in Howard County. My wife and son, so remember, look on the Got a warrant, a search warrant. My wife, that point, is concerned completely. I met the chief prosecutor at a, a secret FBI facility uh, in Maryland, uh, where the prosecutor threatened me spending the rest of my life in prison if I didn't cooperate, otherwise I'd throw the book at you. And I was charged on the Espionage Act. The Espionage Act, which has been around since 1917, was designed to stop fraud. But as high as not a mid-level bureaucrat, you notice there's tens of millions of dollars going down a rabbit hole somewhere, and after notifying his superiors and getting nowhere, eventually drops a diamond called the newspaper. That's a whistleblower. That's not a fraud. By using the Espionage Act, they're saying not only are we going to retaliate against whistleblowers, we're going to try to throw them in jail. I said, you know, I think they're going to charge me with the Espionage Act. Uh, they're going to say that I gave information to our enemies. But the reality is, I gave this information to the American public. So if they're the enemies, what does that say about what's going on? The deterrent effect uh, is very great. If people face a terrifying situation, I mean, it's possible in prison huge legal bills. We are in whole new territory. We are in a really bad commentary on how far the secrecy regime and the executive authority has gone in this country. All it takes is for the government to assert that you have unauthorized possession of information relating to that. Whistleblowing is when someone discloses fraud, waste, abuse, illegality, or danger of public health or safety. Leaking serves no public value. Ten felonies, five on the FBI's act. One for obstruction of justice, and four for making false statements. All of which, if I was found guilty on, would mean 35 years in prison. The substance of the espionage charges against Ray dealt with some, uh, some documents that the FBI had discovered in the 30 of his residence. 
there was a very innocuous email, one of these rally the workforce uh, emails, and there was absolutely no sensitive information that was contained. The government claimed that it caused damage to national security. They say it revealed levels of NSA's capability. It revealed no capability whatsoever. I mean, what was secret about that? One of the reasons that so much classified information leaks out is that there is so much classified information. In 2011, there were 92 million classification decisions, four times as many classification decisions as the last year of George W. Bush. That's not increased transparency, of course. That's closing the curtains. It classified so much information that it has a negative effect of not letting the right hand know what the left hand is doing because there's too much the danger is when we, the public, begin to lose sight over what those private hands are doing with all that power. Can be deliberately abused to deny information to others or political reasons or reasons of precluding embarrassment, and it, it definitely contributes to uh, a lack of accountability. Uh, security is not just a matter of uh, our ability to conduct covert warfare or counterterrorism measures. It has to do with uh, having a public that trusts its government. The Obama administration came to power promising the most transparent administration in history. The way to make government responsible is to hold it accountable, make it transparent so that the American people can know exactly what decisions are being made and whether their interests are being well served. Incredibly transparent, online everywhere, open chain for whistleblowers. All that quickly done. I never imagined that he would just run with it and take it far beyond even the Bush administration. When president, I think that he tips much more towards being protective of the secret. Instead of getting open change for whistleblowers, the Obama administration has cracked down on national security, of course much more so than the Bush administration. This administration has been using the Espionage Act to, to, to take whistleblowers to court. Divulging that kind of information is a serious issue, and always has. They have indicted more people for uh, violating secrecy than all of the previous administrations put together. Unfortunately, the climate in the Obama administration is, is not good for national security at the moment. They want example, in the worst possible way. So you can imagine how I'm feeling. Absolutely betrayed by my own government. I mean, at the end of the day, right, you may, when you make a decision like this, and what I tell other whistleblowers, actually, is if you're not prepared to have the worst happen and go 110%, then really don't do it at all, because it's really not worth it. Because the other side, they're getting new and new cadre of lawyers who are coming up to the ranks that they will pay to, to go against you. Shortly thereafter, uh, I'm still an employee of the Department of Justice. Uh, I got a phone call from the FBI, and he said that he wanted to come by and talk. And I said, uh, I told him to pay, that would be fine, and that I would get back to him. I put him off, put him off, and then 
uh, invoked my rights under the Bill of Rights and told them that I did not uh, choose to be interviewed. I certainly knew that I needed a lawyer, so I contacted a lawyer and, and asked him to represent me. So I felt that it probably wasn't appropriate for me to stay employed by the Department of Justice, so I voluntarily left. Uh, on a beautiful summer day in August of uh, 2007, I came home from uh, taking uh, my son uh, to school. <laughs> saw that there were 12, 12 cars parked all along one side of the street, one of them stopping my driveway. <laughs> I saw my lawyer standing there who never been to my house. I was standing in the middle of the street and my heart went on. Eighteen agents, uh, some of them in body armor, I'm told, uh, had been banging on our front door and our dog was barking. My wife was still in her bathrobe and they were yelling at her show us your hands and things like that. And then when she opened the door, all 18 came in fairly quickly, all went to pre-assigned spots and went up and woke up my other two kids in bed, told them to get dressed. And, um, you know, my wife was still simple when I, when I got home. They took out a lot of personal papers that, that would have just shown that I was very interested, in my view of it, that I was very interested in the issue of wiretapping without obtaining warrants. They asked my family about whether New York Times reporters had ever been to the house. They uh, looked for secret compartments and um, took all of our computers. So a couple of days after the raid, I remember being in my attorney's office and he said that they've offered me a plea. Government has offered me a plea to an account of espionage, having something to do with the Espionage Act, and that it would contemplate that I would be essentially jailed for a period of time. And I really didn't think about it all that long. I just hesitated saying, no, I wasn't interested in pleading because I didn't think I had done anything wrong. I hadn't turned over any documents. They hadn't got secret documents out of my house. I hadn't removed any documents from the secret court or anything along those lines. And I just basically said, no, I'm going to have to fight. Fall is in the air at Lowe's. Time to get your home ready with big Labor Day savings, like ten or forty dollars off paint, stain, and resurfacers via mail-in rebate, plus up to thirty percent off select major appliances, three ninety-six and more. So hurry in today for fall's best deals at Lowe's. I'm spending tens, of, tens, and tens of thousands of dollars during the time for a private return. Um, I had to take out a second mortgage in my house. I had to basically clear out half of my retirement uh, account up in the government just to pay for this, plus a whole number of other expenses. And I happened to read an article, it was, it was an op-ed in the LA Times, and by Jessica Rayback. When I heard that a whistleblower had been indicted, I immediately did an op-ed on the difference between leaking and whistleblowing and discussed on this case and why what he allegedly did qualified as whistleblowing, not leaking. She understood exactly what was at stake and it turned out way before anybody else did. This case, if it were to be won, 
would have to occur both in the courtroom and in the court of public opinion. And she began strategically turn the tide. I said, I'm going to nominate him for a written hour prize for Bitcoin as the first stop. I did not take an oath to support and defend government illegality, followed shortly by the Jane Mayer article. Justin Zaylak called me up one day and she said, I, you know, I have something that I think might interest you. If we could get an article in the New Yorker, I thought it would be appropriate for him to be able to speak during that article. Dealing with a source who's being prosecuted for leaking, I could not talk on the phone with Tom Drake. I had to fly across the country and meet people in sort of unmarked hotel rooms in order to try to get the detailed investor. And it does not feel kind of like um, America, land of the free set. They remain the most comprehensive summary of what happened. And in the 60 minutes, he's been charged under the Espionage Act and could spend the rest of his life in prison. I began to have grave concerns about the decisions that were made to bypass the Constitution willfully and deliberately. Over the period of the year, I learned that the FBI knew uh, who I had lunch with on certain days. They obviously had wiretapped my phone. So I knew I was being followed. And I knew that I was being watched, and I knew that I was being investigated. The day after this raid on my house, I got a phone call from a person who identified himself as my dancing off of Newsweek. I got a tip, and uh, a squad of FBI agents had shown up at the house of a, um, uh, of a Justice Department lawyer, Alondo, so it went off in my mind. It was incriminating. Um, to the criminal investigation into the information about one of wired to the New York Times. It led me to want to tell the story. I decided to talk to Michael Isikoff because I was convinced that I had not done anything. He agreed to talk to me. Classic case of um, a whistleblower who comes across information that is truly troubling. And I could either wait for them to charge me if they were going to charge me, or I could be proactive. I thought it went fairly well. I mean, I remember, remember talking to him, and it eventually came out, you know, that I actually had pictures of myself with Jagger Hoover as a kid. He came from a family that was steeped in FBI history. His uncle had been a top aide to J. Edgar Hoover, his brother was an FBI agent, his father was a uh, top official in the FBI. And he, he just kind of lit up at that, oh, that's absolutely a fascinating connection. And um, I got a sense of what led him to take the steps to deal with it, to try to bring his concerns to somebody in the intelligence committee and rebuff. And, you know, there was kind of this understanding that he wasn't going to run with the story until I told him that it was okay. It was an issue where I ended up feeling I could trust him. My story uh, came out on the cover of Newsweek. I basically thought, okay, I've done it. Uh, this is going to help. Here's why I did it. Here's what I did, and if you all think that, that you can charge me with that, then, then go for it. Again, I thought it was uh, the right thing to do, to go to the press and to let the American people decide that there might be something going on that was not following the law.
Today, both the government and the contractors try to keep sort of the dirty laundry to themselves. And the whistleblowers are really critical to helping us get through that barrier that this sort of unified contractor government force creates. The story that I wrote and, and Michael DeCourt's work to bring it to light sort of helps expose that, that scandal, and uh, the government has, you know, I think, approved as a result. The boats, the first eight were taken out of service, the program was stopped. Some of the designs on the other boats, each boat were changed. The price I paid as a whistleblower was they eliminated my job. I left the world's largest defense contract. I mean, I would have had a 20 year pension by now. Anyone who takes a step like that, you know that they probably got something important to say um, because they're basically wiping away their career. And then we had to move a couple of times, and, and nobody else in the defense industry was touched. So it caused some financial hardship. I mean, it's an unfortunate part, um, but I, I have no regrets. There are still problems. And soon, and it's unfortunate, but the Coast Guard is in such bad shape that there will probably be a loss of life in the near future because the, the boats that should have been replaced by now that weren't, because of this mismanagement, are still out. A high-profile failure for the Justice Department. Federal prosecutors today dropped nearly all of the charges against Thomas Drake, a former NSA official accused of mishandling classified data, strikes a plea deal today. He's only pleading guilty to a misdemeanor count of exceeding authorized use of a computer. It's the legal equivalent of a parking ticket. Nothing to do with classified. Had nothing to do with detention. There was a judge with the integrity to say, you're not doing the right thing. The federal judge in this case actually berated the prosecutors. He berated the government for years of persecution, the threat of 35 years behind bars, and the charges were suddenly dropped. So the whole case is full apart. And um, of its own ways, I think, really. The government does tend to overreact and overcharge and over over dramatize. He was indicated to be a century, but uh, had his life uh, for the moment ruined. It's extremely dangerous in America right now to be right as a whistleblower when the government is so wrong. So speaking truth to power is now a criminal act. One right in history seems to be two other the government gains new powers, they never release them. They always use times of emergency, they use special circumstances to create exceptions in our thinking, to say that, but this time it's different. It's not different. What's different are the people in power and what they want to do. And if you put your trust in me, I will stand up at that convention and say that our divisions are behind. I was very optimistic about open change coming in 2008. I thought the Obama administration would actually say that I had done the right thing, that I followed the law, and he would even be honored if he would come back and work for the Department of Justice. And I mean, in retrospect, how stupid and naive could I be? Not only did the uh, Obama administration not apologize to me and, and offer me my job back, but I mean, they continued the investigation. And, and in other instances, we went after people. One of the most disappointing things we've seen has been the president's commitment to going after the journalists that they've worked with, when all they're doing is exposing what they're doing. Put a lot of journalists on the defensive to make them even more reluctant to work with whistleblowers. 
it really criminalizes the news gathering process. It just seems to be a disconnect. If you want progressive journalism abroad, you just don't want it. Well, I, I, I would hesitate to speak to any particular case. The Obama administration this week, and what was an understandable sense of governmental discipline, and kind of gone over the top with began prosecuting every which way. There are some risks involved with publishing stories. You can be called into court for a very lengthy, extensive court battle if they are trying to get you to divulge your sources. Jim Risen of the New York Times is very familiar with this particular problem. Uh, Jim was subpoenaed in connection with a book he wrote. That case is still pending. The basic issue is whether or not we can have a democracy with, without progressive investigative reporting. And I don't believe we can. After the grand jury, uh, after I testified, right, sitting in a room, empty room out of, outside of the grand jury, the, the lead prosecutor came out and told my lawyer, I don't know why he didn't tell me, because I'm sitting right there, but he told my lawyer that there weren't going to be any charges as a result of this five, six, seven-year investigation of total waste of taxpayers' dollars, total waste of FBI agents' time and effort. They could have been investigating somebody who really had hurt our country. Uh, and, they, you know, it, it was a relief. It was also kind of, you know, is that it? I mean, is that, that's it. <laughs> How about, you know, uh, again, I, not, I guess I wasn't looking for an apology. I don't know what I was looking for, but I, I wasn't. I am angry. I, I still look kind of angry, and we still don't know how many people were uh, illegally wiretapping. Most people haven't been informed that their uh, communications were uh, intercepted, and I just think that's wrong. I think in many cases, um, I think Tom Camps is one of them. Uh, they enriched our democracy. They're guarded by the truth. The truth eventually does set them free. During the period of time, it was a real financial struggle, and I have not really uh, recovered from that. Uh, so my family is still uh, suffering as a result of what I did. Uh, my, that is truly my biggest regret is what I put my family through. I sometimes wonder, did I accomplish anything other than, than kind of ruin a career? I loved working for the Department of Justice and walking the halls where I had walked as a little kid with my father. The building was very much the same. And did I accomplish anything? Well, I accomplished something, and with the help of the media, I let people know what was going on. I let people know that uh, we're the greatest country in the world and we have a great government, but the government sometimes lies. You know, the little guy who uh, leaks the piece of information to a reporter um, might lose his job, might go to jail, but he looks up above him and he sees senior officials in the White House sitting down for tell-all books because they know that if they don't tell their side of the story, they're not going to look so good in the books. Somehow or other, that never uh, gets treated as a nefarious piece of, of uh, government secrets. People in high office sleep all the time. And they leave national security information quite often, a run-up to the Iraq war, where a selective region took place all the time by senior 
uh, Bush administration officials who were trying to make the case that we ought to invade Iraq. John Brennan is allowed to meet to make the Obama administration look good without any kind of retaliation. When the government leaks for political gain, people get rewarded handsomely. But what they want out are the stories that kept them in good life. And what they would like to prosecute are the ones who don't. And so um, that's the two tiers, really. You know, when we've got these people who have uh, practically limitless powers within a society, if they get a pass without so much as a slap on the wrist, what example does that set for the next group of officials that come into power? To push the lines a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further, and we'll realize that we're no longer citizens, we're subjects. It's only the person who reveals the criminal activity who is prosecuted for it. And I would say I identify uh, very strongly with Bradley Manning because, uh, first of all, he was doing this because he felt crimes were being committed, uh, horrible things. He said, I'm prepared to go to prison for life or even be executed. So once again, it's the messenger. To me, the John Kiriakou case is so tragic because the guy who blew the whistle on the government's torture program is going to jail. I do meet the legal definition of whistleblowing, and that is someone who brings to light evidence of waste, fraud, abuse, or illegality. This conviction is not about leaking. This case was about torture from the very beginning. Those who, who conceived of the torture are free, those who destroyed evidence of the torture are free, and even the attorneys who tapered over the torture are free. It's about believing in America and the Constitution, believing that your job is not just to do this. Your job is to, is to respect the Constitution, and I'm fortunate that's a losing position right now. The federal government often makes examples both of citizens and employees within its own ranks who want to say something like, look, there's a problem going on here, and I fear that taxpayers are getting ripped off in the process. The environment now is uh, chilling as they've seen it in a long time. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your livelihood. People who used to talk to you will not take your phone calls anymore. That does have an intimidating effect, not just on the users, it, it, it has an intimidating effect um, on the process. So when a whistleblower comes forward, you would think the government would want to find out what is going on and, and, and investigate the misconduct. But what happens is the hammer comes down and they shoot the message. And as a result, they come up with bad laws. And so it is extremely important for the national security state to punish in very severe ways whistleblowers because that is what they need to do to make an example out of them and to deter future whistleblowers. Senator Joe Lieberman has introduced the SHIELD Act, which would make it a crime to publish certain classified intelligence. So if you were to pass some of the legislation that is now on the in Congress, it would handcuff whistleblowers in a different, more profound way. You know, Senator Cardin of Maryland had actually uh, introduced legislation that would have tried to modernize the espionage. In other words, the people who know the most and might actually be inclined to say something that would challenge the official line are the ones who are supposed to be uh, silent. Congress is pushing to prevent classified information from being made public. Now, it can be certainly bad leaks, but that's used as an excuse for keeping information from the public that we desperately need to have. Senator Dianne Feinstein is among a handful of congressional lawmakers who want to plug national security leagues using the law. really are our modern-day heroes, and we need to be doing everything we can to be protecting them to make sure that they 
have what it takes to protect our safety and our freedom. And uh, we can't let them fight this fight alone. People just talk too much. Let me say it as simply as I can. Transparency and the rule of law will be the touchstones of this president. There has been good news. This Congress has just passed the Whistleblower Protection Enhancement Act, which is really going to help federal employees. But what was still left unprotected was those employees who worked at the intelligence agency. They were left out. So as a result of that, the president issued them separately a presidential decision directive that deals with whistleblowers in the intelligence agency. The problem is there that it's really only protecting internal disclosures. It is not only not helping those people who go outside the system, but you have the Justice Department who actually prosecute them for doing it. Fear made us change some of our freedoms, and I think it's really important for the people to stick up for their freedoms and their civil liberties. The goal of terrorism is not just to kill people. The goal is to instill terror in people and to make them become what they are not. The Pentagon and the contractors are kind of masters of using the fear tactic to get more of our tax money, making billions and billions of dollars. But our nation was founded on speaking out, solving these problems. By clamping down on whistleblowers, we're working in the wrong direction. We're actually not making ourselves any safer. It's making us exactly the kind of government we don't want. The most important thing you can do is think critically. You look at the claims that are being put to you by authority figures, by teachers, by everyone around you, even by your friends and your family, the people that you love and you trust, and go, what do I think about this? What's the evidence to support it? There's a check of public opinion, and that can't take place if the public can't learn what's going on and if our sources are being prosecuted. It's an issue of great importance to reporters everywhere. But in terms of using the mechanisms of government to silence aggressive journalism, that's never worked in the past. It's not going to work now. We'll still be here when the smoke clears. Question is not just the recipe for you know, a strong individual, but it's what makes us really free. That was a grand experiment that was launched over 220 years ago. That's the country that I want to keep. The reason they gave protection to the First Amendment and the media is for the people to not be subject to prosecution because they question what the government is doing. It's one of the things that we fought for and something that I think sets us apart from an awful lot of other countries. The founding fathers didn't want it to be possible to be charged with treason in this country simply for disagreeing with the government. The founders, they found us all of the safeguards to prevent abuse of power. Those are the very powers that have been acquired in the name of keeping America safe. We all have little differences in, in how much sort of inhumanity and incivility we can witness before it moves us to action. But we all have that line, and it's up to you to decide what do we want to do? What do we want us to do? What will we do together to make that contribution by standing up and not just saying something, but doing something?
So that is the end of the film. War and with the war on whistleblowers. Um, you know, as I was talking before, I started the recording uh, several of these videos. Um, you know, it has become uh, not normal in the society that those who uh, have uh, exposed government corruption for those individuals to be treated and charged as criminals. Okay? And you look at this uh, government and this society as a whole, okay, that there has been a diminishing of freedom that has been written into our Constitution and into our Bill of Rights uh, that uh, those individuals who drafted and written those documents have tried to protect those who speak out against corruption within the government, okay, or corruption within any uh, governmental or administration or agency. And so they have made it commonplace now that if you are someone working within those agencies and you see that crimes are being committed against individuals and uh, against the American people, that, you know, you will be silenced. And you have to be a brave individual to expose what's being done because you know that your life will be destroyed and you'll probably spend the rest of your life in jail. Okay? And so in the film, it talked about the, uh, the Whistleblower Act. But the Whistleblower Act doesn't apply to those individuals within the security agencies. And the reason being is because uh, they want those whistleblowers to uh, expose the corruption within that department itself, I mean, which is kind of ridiculous, right? Because if you don't think the head of the department knows what's going on when there's wrongdoings, when there's uh, illegal activity that's taking place, okay, then, you know, you're sadly mistaken because they do know. So for a person within those agencies who decide that they're going to blow the whip on the corruption and uh, on the criminal activity, uh, that, you know, they will... Uh, they will need to go outside, and they will probably, uh, you know, they will probably know that their life is over as they know it. And I don't think that they're going to ever stop with the blows, regardless of what the consequences it is, because I think some people uh, have that uh, inner belief that, hey, you know, this is wrong, and so what if you destroy my life? I'm going to expose it because I want to make the majority of the people in America to get life better and to know what you're doing is wrong. So, they'll, you know, I don't think as much as they will like to uh, suppress that uh, way of thinking, I don't think it's ever going to happen. And, um, you know, I think it's the same with us as, as targets, you know, especially when you're in a non-professional experimentation, when you're in a psychological uh, programs, uh, coercive uh, persuasion psychological programs, one of the objectives is to silence those who are put into these types of programs. 
okay? For instance, uh, you know, when I was in a video, you hear the police sirens. Uh, what you didn't hear was the, uh, when I first started my show, the, the minute that I started my call, they had the sirens going. The exact moment, okay? It's again monitoring uh, my online activities. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're busy. They're busy. And uh, Target, you know, firsthand as well as with the whistleblowers, uh, what the government is, is doing. You know what they're capable of. And uh, for the rest of the people out there within this American society, um, you know, they know, but they just, they kind of have this uh, cognitive dissonance. You know? They, they, they know, but it doesn't register within their minds deeply enough to where they will take a stand against uh, what the government is doing. Right? So, again, uh, the, the target, you very well know what cognitive dissonance means. And so, you know, that's what we have here. We have a society in which have been totally uh, brainwashed using subversive techniques and tactics, uh, you know, through the media, through the educational system, through propaganda, uh, and so they have now created a society of zombies, right? People who do not react in a way in which they should when their liberties and their freedoms are being taken away, all right? Unlike the American Revolution, in which you saw people here in America uh, stood up against the, what they call a tyrannical uh, country, a tyrannical king, a monarchy, and uh, overthrew them, okay? And so what they have done uh, the people in the security agencies, they tell me the NSA and the CIA, is that they are experts at uh, manipulation, they're experts in human behavior, they're experts in human belief systems, they are experts in human emotions, they're expert, experts in human way of thinking, and so they have crafted a program in which the majority of people are conditioned to totally ignore and to totally subdue the radicalization or the radical way of thinking uh, or anti-government way of thinking uh, in, of a government that have uh, agencies that basically have no moral uh, compass. They have no uh, value of human lives that they will risk uh, those who are on the battlefield fighting for their secret wars or for their agenda. They will not equip those individuals properly. When the police department here in the United States are more equipped than the soldiers overseas to go and fight their war, okay? When the police here are more equipped and something is wrong. And if people don't 
comprehend that people are not speaking out against it. You know, the people have to look at these psychological programs, okay? Because these programs are, are not only being used in the prisons, in Guantanamo Bay, against uh, uh, other countries that uh, we have seen them not our allies. You know, it's it's you know this these type of psychological programs are being used right here on the American. And that's why society is the way it is. That's why, you know, you have the leak with Snowden. That's why you don't have the majority of the American public uh speaking out uh, and uh saying, you know, no, this can't go on. Um, they have basically fed into lies and the fear that these security agencies have created. Okay, they've planted, uh, you know, certain events so they can further their agenda. Uh, 9-11 was one of them. And so, and so, you know, it, they are trying, uh, uh, not trying, but they are doing what they want to do in the manner in which they want to do it. And they know that uh, they can get away with it because they know that they have created a psychological operation and a psychological program in which the mass majority of the American public will go along and will remain silent. Okay? And so they have taken a page out of Hitler's uh, playbook. Okay? Uh, and we all know that the United States imported the vast number of German psychologists, German scientists, German uh, technicians, okay, and gave them jobs in the security agencies. And they have continued on with the experimentation of those very same people that they, that this government has deemed to be evil, that they have uh, you know, carry on those same experimentations right here in the United States, okay? And again, it is what Hitler and his uh, psychiatrists, psychologists uh, have done to the German people are being done. That the same thing is being done in the brain. And if people don't understand that, people don't realize that because people don't study it, okay? They, they are busy living their lives thinking that they are free, right? they live in a, in a society that gives the illusion of freedom. They live in a society that gives the illusion of liberty. They live in a society that gives the, the illusion that their lives matter. But in fact, they don't. The only thing that matters in this society is the military-industrial complex who, along with Corporations and the security agency are embedded with each other. This is how they keep the financial, social, and economical uh, stronghold over, uh, you know, the everyday working man and woman. Okay, this has been totally 
planned out, fully orchestrated. And uh, you know, in the society of the Soviet Union, nothing ever happens by chance. There is no coincidence. Everything is planned. And that's the way it is. This is planned. This is the planning on a much grander scale. Okay? And what they will be doing next, and as you and I know, Soviet, is the implantation of anyone who they deem to be a threat. Uh, anyone who they don't like, anyone who they want to experiment on, and get away with it, and then the public have to be very aware of what's going on. The public have to be very aware that the things that have happened to you, even before you realize that you are a targeted individual. Okay? Because all things that have happened to you in the past will lead up to what they are doing us, you and I, the experimentation used of bearing uh, the energy weapons, microwave, uh, frequency, uh, silent, silent spread spectrum, microchip, non-consensual microchip implantation, remote neural monitoring, okay, the use of microwave weapons to cause physical and mental pain and damage to targets. Okay. So uh, as the video was playing, we had a couple perks on the call. Uh, the one to get five says the perks are already infiltrated. These private CI calls, the perks already got ants. This is up my hand fall. Uh, He's gone. You are next, Nigel, anyone who is with FSCHS. Wow. Okay, well, bring it on. So I said, uh, when I read what I said in the chat, that they will then stop me from exposing their criminal program. Run like the cowards they are. I will call the pit and, I call the pit and run. So that's what they do. They come on the call, so they got to say, and then they're out. And they're out. Okay? So they will come on these calls to try to intimidate TIs, and they will just leave. They don't have the ball to say who they are. They are cowards and pussies. That is what they are. If you shine the light on them, you can watch them scatter like cockroaches. I mean that. Seriously. Put the light on them. Put that video camera on them. And then you see them scatter like cockroaches. I've seen it. I've done it. Okay? And I said, well, bring it on. I'm not going to do every time. I'm not going to do anything. As long as I can do, I call. Oh, my call. They don't have to physically remove me, kill me, or what have you. Stop before uh, doing my shit. Okay? So I am going to say uh, goodnight. I'm going to end the call at this time. And uh, we'll be back again next Tuesday uh, to do another call. As I said, I've been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, the summertime with the kids. So I'm not even here tonight. Not here much with the kids, but you know, I had to basically uh, put my foot down and say, okay, that's it. Uh, and uh, like you know, they caused uh, you know, interruption uh, with microwaves. That's what they do. We are being microwaved, the kids are being microwaved, uh, so they cause interruption. They're up late, they're on the ground, and uh, yeah, but again, it's, it's, it's microwave technology. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.